You've tuned in to the Locum Story Podcast, a place where we interview physicians, PAs, and NPs from all different specialties and backgrounds about their careers, tips for success, and of course, locum tenants. Learn more about locums at locumstory.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Locum Story Podcast. Joining us today, we have four different locum tenants physicians, Dr. Rit Patel, Dr. Mary McCroskey, Dr. Trevor Cabrera, and Dr. Nick Kuznizov, who are members of the Locum Stories Physician Advisory Board. The Locum Story Advisory Board is a collaborative group of locums physicians who share their perspective, expertise, and advice to help increase awareness and understanding around locum tenants' work. First, let's begin by having everyone introduce themselves, their specialty, and how long they've been working locums. Let's start with you, Dr. Trevor Cabrera. Hi, my name is Trevor Cabrera. I am a uh, locum tenens physician in pediatrics. I did my training in New Orleans and Houston, and uh, I've been working with locums for the last four years. Excellent. Mary? Uh, Hi, I'm Mary McCroskey, and I'm originally a family physician, practiced um, in private practice for 27 years and started doing locums seven years ago. Um, So I've been to a bunch of wonderful places. Hey, my name is uh, Rip Patel. Um, I'm based out of Houston, Texas. Uh, I do part-time academics as the Baylor College of Medicine with the EM residency. And then I've been doing locums full-time for about nine years now. Dr. Nick Kuznizov, excuse me. Are you on assignment currently? Uh, no, but actually, yeah. I, I, interestingly enough, I start assignment on uh, Friday morning. Where are you going? Uh, actually, over to Peoria, Illinois. Is that where's not... home? Where's home for you? Are you? Is that far? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I'm a private guy in Southern California, so I, uh, oh, okay. you know, I, it, it's always a little bit random and sporadic, it seems. But I, uh, you know, when I was working out in the Midwest, um, actually in Nashville uh, for the past few years, I, I covered a lot of trauma up in Illinois, and um. You know, I moved out here, did a joint fellowship, kind of settled down in San Diego, and periodically I'll get kind of pinged for for coverage, and uh, it's one of my favorite stomping grounds. So, well, thanks for being here. Let's uh, let's move on to some questions. Let's start with this: What's the one thing that you wish you would have known before beginning your locums journey? And I'm going to start with Mary. Okay, um, I tend to be an over planner and want to know everything exactly in advance. And I think um, I have learned I don't need to micromanage stuff. The you know the locums company that companies that I've worked for, um, you know they they've done this for a while. They they know how to make sure that you get your housing right and you get your assignment right. And so I think I wouldn't have fretted over a bunch of small stuff that I didn't need to. How many assignments did it take for you to kind of learn that lesson? Was it? Um, my first assignment, actually, I kept re-upping for the same assignment. Okay. Um, so it was probably about the second or third time on that one. Okay. That's a no. Uh, how about you, Rev? Um, I think for me, it's agency. I started locums not having any idea how much agency I had. I didn't realize you could credential with one agency. You could credential with infinite agencies. You could do one hospital. You could do infinite hospitals. You could do one state. You could do a million states. Um, I also didn't realize just how I could negotiate pay, I could negotiate travel, um, negotiate days. I think I'd been so locked into a regular job. I didn't understand how much freedom, it's kind of like Stockholm syndrome, I actually had. And so I wish I had known that going in. It would have made my initial experiences probably much better. So before beginning my locum tenens journey, I wish I would have been a little more organized. Um, you know, I think in terms of having a corporation set up and a CPA, um, okay. you know, 
coming from essentially a W-2 job uh, to something that I had to start paying quarterly taxes, which I didn't even know what that was. Um, you know, being able to write off business expenses that I, you know, I wouldn't have assumed that, um, you know, driving to or from assignments, you know, the, the car, you know, being a purchase or lease becomes an expense, you know, cell phone carriers become an expense. Um, there's home offices, depending on, you know, how much and for what you're using it for. Um, so I think I, I wish I had kind of a more of an overarching perspective, but there's never really like a tutorial where you get sat down and say, here's everything you need to know in, in, you know, 30 minutes about, you know, you know, going into locums, it'll really set you up for success. So yeah. And actually, you know, to piggyback off of what Mary Ann Rip said, I mean, a couple of things what Mary said, I've learned, or, you know, I wish I'd known about the importance of the organization and everything going into things. Um, and actually I wish I had incorporated myself a little earlier on, started an LLC or done something to make myself stand out. And then actually I was going to add on to on Rip's point. Um, I didn't realize when I started how much power I had to advocate for myself. Mm. And I think that was a huge thing that came over time. Excellent. Excellent. All good answers. All very diverse too. Um, what do you think is the business, uh, excuse me, the biggest misconception physicians have about locums or maybe uh, misconceptions that you all had before doing it yourselves? Let's start with Rip. When I started locums, I didn't really know much about it. Um, I came out of a pretty terrible job situation with a very toxic administration and director. And so it was just an option that sounded to me like a lot of freedom. And it sounded a bit exciting that you could travel. Um, my knowledge of locums was almost nil. I had no idea how it worked. And so I think a misconception I had was that, um, you know, what kind of doctors did it? Who would I be interfacing with? Um, what was the impression of me? Um, again, I didn't think about it that much because I was just desperate to try anything that didn't involve a structured job. And most of those misconceptions I found were pretty misguided. You know, two things came to mind. Uh, the first thing that I think always comes to mind is uh, that it's kind of unfamiliar and daunting. Um, you know, most of us are used to more standard uh, employment type practices um, where you either work for a hospital or, you know, I was military for a while, which is kind of pseudo hospital employed. Um, but uh, I think it's a little bit atypical, um, you know, traveling, uh, covering shift work, uh, you know, even as a, as a surgeon, you know, as an emergency medicine physician that may be a little bit more routine, but generally for, um, for, for most uh, physicians, you have kind of a practice and a patient base. Um, and so it's always a little bit uh, unfamiliar um, going somewhere for a short period of time, um, you know, how you're going to have, uh, you know, follow up with your patients uh, and ensure continuity of care um, and kind of what the expectation is. And so I think that, um, you know, it's it, it's often perceived as kind of an unfamiliar um, environment, but uh, overall is uh, is very comfortable. The other thing that always comes to mind too is that uh, locums, I think, gets a little bit of a bad rap because I think it, uh, it it's kind of perceived as a grab bag of people who can't find jobs elsewhere. You know, the uh, I think that the, the misperception um, is uh, isn't founded. For the most part, it's uh, it's a kind of just a different type of employment. So, you know, it's something you can use supplemental um, or you can be purely locum, uh, just depending on kind of where you want to be geographically and how mobile you want to be. You know, ultimately, again, I have a, I have kind of a, a home base in Southern California and use locums to, to supplement for, for travel and, and uh, income. But other than that, I think that uh, it's, uh, it's a group of kind of like-minded nomadic people. 
very similar to yours in that um, when I think back to when I was in residency, which is probably about the time you guys were born, um, the the whole thought about locums was that those were the misfit doctors. Those were the ones that couldn't get a job anyplace else. And so they just floated around from job to job. And over time, I met a few, I met a few locums and realized, no, these are some pretty sharp folks. But I, I knew it, similar to Rip, I was, I was ready to retire, get out of what I was, was doing um, in private practice. And this just offered me a wonderful option to do that without getting tied down. And I think Mary hit the nail right on the head there. Um, you know, for me, in contrast, I decided to go into locums right out of residency, but I was told by everybody not to do it. And I think it has to do with the fact that there are sometimes bad connotations of the people that do it. Um, there was also connotations, you know, they couldn't have jobs, they were chronic leavers. I was told that my um, CV was, my resume was going to look wild having all these different jobs on it. Um, and then, I, you know, I think that the fact that it does require significant travel, which it can if you want it to, but I, I don't think it always does. Um, and probably a big one is that the jobs are only in places in the middle of nowhere, which has definitely not been the case when I've been in big cities now. Yeah, excellent. Piggybacking uh, to what Trevor said, I was just going to say, at my residency in Philadelphia, it wasn't even mentioned. Wow. I didn't have any clue that this even existed as a job option. All I was taught about was Democratic group, W-2 job, 1099. So that was never even introduced to us. And so um, it's funny how times are changing and to what Mary was saying, maybe the quote unquote mediocre doctors to becoming something very sophisticated now. Yeah, great call out. You uh, are doing part-time in academia, Rip. Is that, do you feel that that's changing? Like, is that being introduced uh, in school and residency and fellowship, anything like that? Huck, since I started, it has. Yeah. And you know, my, when I've been at Baylor to the residents, you, you learn so many skills doing locums work, including how to work with people. It sounds so silly, but it's not something you're taught on top of all the procedures, patient populations. And so what I bring to the residents, I hope is that level of, of knowledge of all of those peripheral things. You don't really get if you're in a big academic institution or one hospital. And then if they want to learn more about the independence, autonomy, scheduling, then we start talking about doing locums work as well. What are some of the more common questions that you receive from colleagues uh, around locum tenants, if any at all? I'll, and I'll let anyone pop in here if you guys don't have any questions that come to mind or yeah, go ahead, Trevor. You know, I think what people ask a lot about is, um, you know, it's kind of interesting if people have heard of locums um, and as Rip said, it's not always the case that people have, but if they have heard of locums, I get a lot of people that ask um, what agencies or what jobs will pay for. Um, okay. what's reimbursed. They're always um, excited when I tell them almost everything. Um, and then they ask a lot of times, are you able to do more than one job at a time? Um, do you have the flexibility to do a part-time permanent job? Which the answer is always yes. And then of course, a big one, which uh, I think uh, Mary alluded to with um, some of the, the micromanaging of things is um, all of the paperwork that goes into credentialing, getting licenses, um, and how much time that takes up. Um, and I, I think, you know, my answer is always that, you know, something they're pleased to hear is that um, agencies and people will help us do that. So it streamlines the process. It's unfamiliar. Uh, we don't get a lot of exposure to it in training. Um, and so I think you come out of training and then most people kind of get uh, shuttled into kind of standard implied positions. Um, I think the questions generally revolve around kind of what is it? How is it structured? Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, how is a surgeon 
do you see patients and set up continuity when you're gone, especially if it's shift work? But, uh, you know, beyond that, I mean, you know, especially I think the, the other uh, interesting aspect is the financial aspect, which uh, which draws a lot of attention to, I think, an interest uh, from uh, from people who are not doing locums, just because I think it's uh, it, it offers a lot of financial benefits over standard employment. I, I would I would add to that as coming from a primary care background. And people asking about, you know, doing family medicine where, you know, it's continuity of care and, you know, how can you be satisfied in a job like that? And, uh, you know, having worked in both primary care settings and urgent care settings, um, it's, it's not that difficult. It's, you can, you can pop in, fill in, in a practice. And so the questions they ask me is, is, you know, do I get good job satisfaction out of, out of doing locums based on um, my specialty? I think people uh, ask me, they just are really, um, they don't know anything about it, really. I think the whole thing seems so alien. Just how does it work? You know, how do you set up assignments? What do agencies offer? How do you pick the days? Do I get to choose? It's just a completely novel concept for people. And so um, I also get asked questions about, you know, can you choose where you go? How does the pay structures vary? Um, do I have to go back is a big one also. And so I think that sense of autonomy is just kind of foreign to a lot of doctors because we've never really done structured or, you know, jobs with that lack of structure. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent call out. Excellent. Uh, what unique value or benefit does locums offer you all that's different than a permanent position? Um, let's maybe start with Mary on this one. Um, it's a long list. <laughs> um. The, the the first for me is actually um, a lot more autonomy, freedom, being able to work when I want to, um, you know, again, as, as I'm sort of heading towards retirement, which these guys have heard way too often, um, the, and my family doesn't believe I'm actually going to do yet. As I'm heading that direction, you know, I'm working fewer months per year and I have that flexibility um, and which has allowed me both to travel for work, but also separately and do some other things that I've wanted to do, um, be available for family, that kind of thing. Just, I, I think it's that independence for the for the most part i do it for versatility um mm. you know i uh i always joke that i would i would do a lot of this stuff for free um but you know i wouldn't tell anyone that i i, I <laughs> love trauma um and i think that uh you know for me what i do is predominantly trauma coverage um you know level one level two uh across the country um and it, it's nice to have kind of uh, different nodes across the across the continental us where i go you know come into situations where there's you know seven or eight cases on the board of, of complicated injuries and and get to you know get to go to work um and so i think it makes you very versatile um right so you know you're adaptable you walk into situations that are um often uh unfamiliar um, but become familiar, um, but learn to adapt quickly. Um, once you've kind of familiarized yourself with uh, the, the, you know, the different jobs or, or assignments that you have. Uh, and then beyond that, you know, I think um, getting a smattering of different types of cases that you may not see at your home institution or local to yourself, uh, different patient populations. I think it's, uh, it's all great to really, uh, you know, diversify your training and your exposure. Personal life should always come first, always overwork. I think we've worked so hard as doctors. There's so much emotional trauma that comes with our training and what we see. I think you have to prioritize that. And only I think you'll be happy if you personal first and then you know work second. And I think locums allows you to do that and create a structure in serving kind of rural needs. 
Uh, I think to Mary's point, my list would be very, very long, but I want to get paid for what I'm worth. I want to have the autonomy. There's so many moving parts in my specialty between management, administrators, lurking, nursing, lack thereof of nursing, proper supplies, hospital beds, boarding. I could go on and on. EM is a very sometimes unstable specialty, unfortunately. And so putting yourself at the mercy of one hospital and then things change, it can make it very risky to work at one spot. And so I've always enjoyed having multiple places to work where if something changes at one spot, I can leave. I'd add on to that, mixing in APPs in the equation. How do you want to interact and work with advanced practitioners? How does the hospital do it? Do you feel comfortable with their model? Are they bringing in brand new ones or ones that have been you know, 10 years of experience? The pay structure, hourly, um, choosing your days. For EM, to me, a big one is a consistent schedule. So I'm not doing day-day off, night-night, off, off day, things like that. But I could go on and on and on. So um, there's just some of the things that I get out of it. Awesome. Trevor, anything you'd add? Yeah, um, of course, the schedule flexibility and the autonomy is something that two people that um, I'm friends with <clears throat> in permanent positions, it's something that is almost unheard of. Um, but on top of that, I think um, something that we we talk about um, not um, super not all not super consistently uh, when people ask me about locums, but there are so many um, retirement and tax options that I feel are available as an independent contractor that have just put me in a position that is years ahead of some of my colleagues. Awesome. Trevor, if memory serves me, you started doing locums as a fast track to pay off medical school debt, or am I making that up? No, that's correct. Um, okay. I started off um, as a, as one idea to actually pay off debt um, before um, returning to um, subspecialty fellowship training. And so for me, um, I paid off all of that debt, about 300000 in a couple of years. So I could say it worked. Amazing. That's great. Um, kind of uh, looking at the flip side here, what's um, what have been some of the more challenging aspects of pursuing locums work? Um, I think people worry about the travel. Um, travel doesn't really bother me because I get a consistent schedule. And so I'm not losing time between flipping from days to nights. I think people worry about the regularity of your work. And there's always ways around that. As I mentioned before, multiple spots, multiple agencies, multiple states, having a lot of options for places to work. Uh, I know people talk about well, coming to some disaster hospital. That's happened maybe once in my career. And um, it wasn't as bad. It was just um, a place I felt after four days, not a place I wanted to come back to. I think those are the big things. I think there's, I don't the stigma part, I think in 2023, as more people are pushing towards better work-life balance. Um, I don't think that part to me really exists anymore. Um, and then people get really to Trevor's point about setting up a 1099 and setting up your S corp. And it's so easy to do. And the, the benefits and the tax options and the savings and the 401k solo 401ks are really tremendous. And so I think those are some of the barriers people think about, but none of them are really, are really that bad. I think the big one is really the regularity of work. And okay. I can say there have been times I've had a dead week. doesn't happen often because um, I book very far in advance. But um, there, I, during COVID, there's one example when hospitals like furloughed people. And that happened to everybody. Um, but I think that's one thing people maybe get concerned about. And they like having guaranteed shifts every month. But that always comes at a cost. Trevor, anything else you'd, uh, you'd add on top of there? Yeah, I dealt with a similar um, uh, situation at some point. But when you look at the overall... Um, picture. It's kind of like the stock market. Things kind of go up and down as far as availability of work, but 
it was so um, significant of a difference when I had work on the salary and the flexibility that it, it really, really outweighed um, those few times where I might have had a dead week. I think for me, something that was um, a little challenging at first, but then you become very, uh, very good at, which I think is um, an apprehension for people, is that you have to jump into um, a different hospital, a different system, new people. Um, but realistic, really what you learn over time, which is actually a, a huge convenience is that, um, medicine is the same all over and it actually is, um, super helpful and it becomes a lot easier to do that. Um, I'd say that was a big thing, um, for me. I think, um, it, continuity of care, uh, for patient care, I think can be tough. Um, you know, especially if you are in a situation where the, um, you know, the, the, local individuals who are responsible for assuming care um, either are poorly communicative or, um, you know, that the, that there isn't a lot of uh, ancillary support. Um, you know, when patients come back to clinic, you know, the clinic should really know kind of what's been done, what the plan is. And, you know, it's, it's important, I think, to understand that, you know, while there might be uh, the capability to have continuity there, it's really up to you to, to communicate a thorough plan um, you know, in any of your documentation and also to sign out, um, uh, you know, in a, effectively so as to, to ensure that patients are taken care of, you know, in your absence, because, you know, it's easy to kind of walk out of a situation and, and not go back to an assignment. But, you know, if you operated on 10 people, you have to make sure that those 10 people kind of get the best care afterward as well. Um, you know, I always tell patient surgeries, half of it, the other half is your physical therapy and the aftercare. And so, you know, you can do a great job and make x-rays look perfect, but if they never go to physical therapy because they didn't know to, then they're not going to do great. Yeah, that's, I think that's probably been one of the most challenging things, but I think, um, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely adaptable and it's something that, uh, you know, you, you kind of learn to gain an understanding of, of what the continuity is at each location and kind of what you need to do in order to ensure that. Excellent. Mary, anything else? Um, not really. The, the, the travel for me is a little bit. Most of my assignments, I have gone someplace and stayed there. Um, but the better part of last year, I did not. I, I was working out of home and was going picking up shifts. Mm -hmm. And that did get old for me, at least. Um, and, and part of it is, you know, I live in a pretty rural area. Um, I'm, I'm in Key West, Florida, with, so we're at the end of the world. Mm -hmm. um, so to get anywhere from here is not is not easy. Yeah, um, so I think, I think that's that, you know, that in the hotel, stayed in the hotels, just, I just got tired of it after a while. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. Good call outs. I, I think that's, uh, it's, it's good to highlight both sides, both good and bad. And it sounds like the, the good outweighs the bad is, is kind of one of the, the themes I'm hearing as well. Kind of similar to a, a previous question is that if you were to distill it down to one thing, what is the one favorite thing about working locum tenants? Is it, uh, I, I can almost guess based off of some of the answers I've, I've heard thus far, but I'll, I'll let you put it into your own words. Maybe, maybe let's start with Mary this time. Uh, for for me, surprisingly, besides all the things that I've already said that are, that are great about it, um, kind of off, off of what Trevor said earlier, I, I really enjoy the challenge of going into new systems and meeting new people and, you know, picking up and, you know, being part of a team. I, I, I thrive on that. Cool. Uh, so for me, from, from a personal standpoint, and I really enjoy practicing medicine. Um, I, you know, I had lost some of that joy 
um, when I was in private practice and I was able, you know, I was able to get back to just practicing medicine, which I genuinely love to do. Um, so I, I think that's, that's in the, in the big picture. That's what's been the most important to me. That's awesome. That's great. How about you, Rip? Uh, I was going to say the autonomy, um, yeah, but kind of, to Mary's point also, uh, it's funny medicine after doing this for almost 10 years now, um, some of it gets very regular, um, but I think the part about joining new teams, seeing new places and coming across new kind of managerial leadership challenges, um, the EQ side of your brain and navigating sometimes tricky scenarios, I think that are not medicine related, um, as well as just managing a practice. I find the business side of it, um, is actually really fun finding new contracts, negotiating rates you know, cutting down travel costs. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just really, I've actually found that part really enjoyable. Um, I don't know why I never knew that side of my brain really existed. And I'm not saying I'm good at it either, but, but I've have, I did find it's pretty fun. Yeah. I'd love to hear <laughs> what Rip's guess would be about my, uh, my favorite thing about, uh, doing locums. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say autonomy. I'm going to go with autonomy and the freedom and yeah. the, and being like not bound by a system where you have the freedom to leave if you wanted to. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that way, especially um, uh, considering, you know, thinking about putting myself back in or being back in the situation of going back to, to training, like I kind of alluded to. But I, I would say on top of that, I really, really like the travel. Um, I, I have a lot of fun with it still. I think, you know, I'm I'm also still new, new enough into it and don't have a lot of responsibility. And so um, I, I love to do that and do, go as far as I can. I uh, get a good credit card, see all the lounges. <laughs> that's that's still fun yeah. for me. I bet after uh, after a couple more years, I might feel differently, but I'm still in that phase. I think that one of my favorite things is is being able to travel all over the country. Um, you know, I have a, an enormous network of colleagues um, that uh, you know you realize after a while that you know medicine and and beyond that, orthopedics is a, is a relatively small pool. Um, and so you know, I'll work with people who you know have friends or family locally or went to school with someone who I work with locally. And it's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think that it's nice to kind of, again, um, you know, share thoughts, ideas, see how different uh, institutions or individuals practice, um, you know, not just in terms of, you know, how they do their surgery, but, the, you know, the workflow and, and aftercare. Um, and so I think it, it's really good because, you know, the, the flow of ideas goes both ways. And as I mentioned earlier, I think it's good to kind of, uh, you know, share your experiences you know, back and forth and, and again, contributes to kind of uh, improvement of the medical field. Excellent. All, all good answers. We all have touched on this uh, it, it some answer or some question or another, um, but how has locums impacted your skill set as a physician? And I'll, I'll let anyone jump in uh, who feels passionate about answering. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll take a stab at that one first. I would say that it has... Um, totally changed my mind as far as my thoughts on what is black and white and what is the right way to do things. Um, I feel like in medical training, no matter where you're trained in the United States or abroad or in what state or area, um, we are all told that uh, a certain way of doing things is the right way because um, obviously, you know, within one institution, that's probably um, what's going to happen. And you learn by going to different places, um, even in, within one state, that that's not always the case. And uh, I remember watching a pediatrician do something I had never considered. And I brought that with me and was able to use that at a different um, 
different place. And it, it really just helped give options for um, how to provide care. Yeah. I think um, kind of piggyback on Trevor, same thing. I've just seen so many things and done so many types of procedures that I need to do because I'm out rurally. Um, and I've just gotten really comfortable with things I normally wouldn't be comfortable with where I feel like after having been so many ERs and so many States and so many years, um, it makes each day at work a little more comfortable for me, or I feel like, okay, I've, I've had to do this there. I did this there. I think on the, on all, all, aside from the medical side, just seeing things in medicine, seeing, um, working with colleagues, um, dealing with different administrators, seeing how things are done in different hospitals, um, the newer grads, the older grads, seeing working with such a vast array of doctors. I find that part really joyful and seeing and learning from people. Um, and it's just, it's really neat kind of to Mary's point, like it's these people you'll meet. And I think there's a lot of, you know, um, some evidence maybe to show the more people you meet every day, it builds kind of longevity and happiness in your life when you meet new faces. <laughs> that part of travel in hospitals, I think really really gives that side to me in my career. I think I think probably some of my skills have expanded. Um, I've got some more urgent care skills that I probably didn't have, are a little bit more comfortable with that, but not a big change there. I've actually, as I'm doing a primary care job right now and getting back to that continuity of care, there's a few of those skills that because I've not used them over the last several years, I've had to sort of dredge them back out, back out again. So I, I I just think it's kept it solid. What, what's been interesting to me is, um, you know, I had worked with some physician extenders, you know, before going locums, but I've done it a lot more now and met a lot of new grads, folks just out of residency. And so being at a different point, it's not, I, I learned from them. Yes. But I find I do a lot of teaching, mm -hmm. um, which is, which is really fun. And it's just, you know, little snippets here and there and sharing things and, you know, as, as you pick up stuff from other people. So it's uh, it just, I don't know that it's changed my skills that much, maybe a little bit. That's super cool. I just wanted to say, Mary, that um, I, I think for me, especially pediatrics, and I'm sure that, you know, everybody can feel this way. One big thing is that I, uh, since I've been practicing in different practice settings. I had the opportunity at two different jobs to be like a preceptor for family medicine residents, which I actually never would have done when I was in training because our pediatric program was so big that we didn't overlap. And it's been um, really, really uh, rewarding to be part of that care. And on the flip side, they teach me all these things about the adult side that I don't really uh, think about as often, but is relevant for what I do. And so it's been cool to still have that ability to have some academics that I think people think we don't have. I think it's it's really uh, served to broaden my skill set and to, uh, you know, cement it as well. You know, it's, it's like any other skill that you really have to um, you know, actively be doing different types of cases in order to, to maintain, um, you know, your ability to do them well. Um, and so I think it's, it's something that with, uh, with the exposure to different types of cases in, in an appropriate amount of volume, um, you know, really helps, uh, serves to, uh, to, again, to, to cement that skill set. Final question here. What's one piece of advice that you would give another physician that's thinking about working locums? Let's start with Trevor. You lit up when I asked that question. So I'm going to start there. I mean, the number one piece of advice, you should do it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, uh, you know, and I think, um, you know, Chase, when we were at the, um, 
the American Academy of Pediatric National Conference, one thing that um, I noticed and that I think becomes a big hesitancy for a lot of people is everybody has a reason or a concern about doing locums. Um, like we said, the mix misconceptions or they ask us these questions, but it is something that you can do at any point in your life as evidenced by the fact you have literally um, our group of different points in our career, which is actually really cool for me to be part of someone that started someone in the middle, someone close to retirement, someone, you know, and, and it's, it's really nice that there's all those um, different time points you can do it in. But also, I'm pretty sure for any of the questions that people are hesitant towards on um, getting started with the paperwork, the travel, any of that, I bet you all of us have a, a way we can answer, help with that, that evens it out. And I, I would, I would echo that. I would say, you know, just do it. Um, it's, it's good at any point in your life to step outside of what you think is your comfort zone, and to to challenge yourself, and to particularly if you're doing it. I think it's, I think it's important to do it for the right reasons too. Is to recognize, you know, what it is about you that wants to do locums and why, and what do you hope to get out of it. So that you, you know, it's like almost like you're manifesting what you're you're trying to accomplish. But yeah, it's it's the it's the do it. I I I know when um, I've talked to some other physicians who are in permanent positions, and they've said, you know, oh, you're so lucky to do this. Luck doesn't doesn't have anything to do with it. It's a matter of making that choice to get out and go do it. Yeah, I would tell them that um, you know just uh, don't be. Uh, afraid of it i mean it's uh it's an unfamiliar type of setting but it's uh you know for the most part it, you're very well taken care of um you know there are lots of different locum agencies um but ultimately um you know it's uh you're, you're much more uh pampered than than any other job that you would be in you know in terms of everything from licensing to credentialing to travel um you know really lets you focus on kind of what you're good at which is medicine and surgery and you know, you, uh, you are taken from point A to point B, everything's set up and you just get to show up and work. And so it really, uh, really optimizes your time. I think uh, you get compensated well for it. I think one of Doctors Without Borders mottos is, you know, idealism in practice. And I think we all went into medicine at some point, you know, with some level of idealism and we used our training and our knowledge to you know help heal and take care of people. But you know, I don't think quitting medicine is the answer. I know I say that a lot in a lot of different podcasts, but um, medicine's a dirty business. We weren't taught that in training. Uh, all the the corporate side of it, the profit side of it, it's really sad. And I know it, it hurts all of us and most of us have no interest in it. But um, I don't think quitting is ever the answer. And I think locums is one great option. Um, but But I think everybody needs to look and find what's maybe not giving you your job satisfaction and um, for a lot of us, it's the things we're all talking about. It's things like, you know, the managers and the administrators and the metrics and the patient satisfaction surveys. It's all these horrific things that really don't have much to do with medicine at all. And so whatever you need to do to make all that go away or you can live with it, um, but you have a really tremendous skill set to offer um, to a lot of people. That would be really grateful for you to be there. And I think for all of us, especially me, my patients are really grateful that I go out and I leave my home and, and go out to these communities. And so it's just something to think about and to learn more about. And like Trevor was saying, it's always going to be there for you. And it's a very good, viable um, part-time and full-time career option.
Before we uh, close out, anything else that you guys want to touch on that uh, we haven't talked about today? You, this is this has been really fun. Um, I mean, I was just going to say it's we're talking all the 1099s and taxes and schedule. I think it's just fun. Let's just go back to it's just freaking fun. It's fun <laughs> to travel. I like watching Netflix. I like meeting people on planes. I like, you know, I'm really healthy. I'm cooking meals. I'm meeting new people. I'm learning new pathologies. And I like that I'm always kind of missed a little everywhere. I'm at one place and I don't go back for a month and I'm in a new place and they're like, oh, we haven't seen you in so long. And and so I just like that I bring my own product of me there and I don't have to ever go back if, if anything violates my morals or ethics on how I'm going to practice medicine. But cool. in the end of the day, it's just a fun and it's a cool thing to do and it's a cool story to give. And um, so that's kind of as simple as it could get. I was going to say, I think um, one of the things you touched on is it is it is very rewarding and professionally, personally, in pretty much every aspect of your life. I mean, you're um, you, you feel welcome. People are glad to have you come to work. They're encouraging. Um, they want you to be successful and every place you every place you go, which just really helps keep you going um and so i think in addition to all the other wonderful things we've said about it um i i i think in the the end it's the sum total of all those pieces um the you know the job satisfaction personal satisfaction and lifestyle excellent i have eaten so many lobsters from when i went to do a job in maine and I, I feel like we, if we did a podcast or just did a talk on the different places that we have seen outside of work, I mean, and, and Mary going to Guam and, and, and Rip going all over the country for years and seeing everything, I, I think it's just been um, phenomenally um, expanding for who we are in and outside of medicine. Um, I've got friends all over and I still stay in touch with all of them. And to shout out to all of the people I've worked with in, you know, California to Wisconsin to Maine to North Carolina, it's been just um, great. And I think, you know, I was going to say Rip uh, really just ended it on such a on such a great note, which is this a fundamental, um, really cool thing. Um, I, I feel that people have a lot of different thoughts on local tenants like we started with. And at the end of the day, we are the same providers, no matter where we are. And we are, it's been really nice to have patients that have valued and, um, you know, been able to uh, uh, benefit from um, us being where they need us to be. And it's been an honor to have the privilege to go to those places and take care of them because people will need help all over the country, no matter what. And I think that's what we serve to fill that void. Excellent. Wow. What a, what a great way to close. This has been really, really excellent. Thank you all so much for uh, joining us on the podcast today. Uh, it was a pleasure speaking with you all. Uh, for those of you tuning in, if you're inter interested in hearing more from these physicians, check out Locum Stories blog uh, on our website where you can find additional advice and insights. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. This has been the Locum Story podcast. To learn more about Locum tenants and find additional provider stories, visit locumstory.com.